Welcome to the Cosmic Collective Podcast. I'm your host and psychic medium, Mads, and in this community, we talk about all things spiritual awakening, higher consciousness, and unlocking the path back to your soul. Welcome to the Collective. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. You guys, I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest. She is an uncensored self-expression and self-portrait photographer and content creator who, honestly, I was just talking to her about this and she already knows this, but who has honestly changed a really big part of my relationship when it comes to like womanhood and our in- our innate like sexuality and sensuality and just expressing that more openly. So I'm really glad to be having this conversation. Melissa, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) I'm so excited and really just like honored to be on your podcast because you have impacted me so much. So it's like this full circle moment for me. (laughs) I love it. And that's what I love about our community too, is we inspire each other, right? Like, I don't know. I think you found me through M's Collective, right? Because we, I had done like a guest teaching or something there. And then we had a session together for coaching with you. And then I was following your page and I was like, shit, she's really helping me out here with like this expression and just like, you're so bold and fearless and expressive with your womanhood and who you are. And it's so, not that it has to be tasteful, but it's so tasteful and aesthetic too on your page. So how did you, how did you get started in, in expressing yourself and your sensuality as a woman online? Online. Yeah, that's online. Yeah. yeah, Online. Let's start there. (laughs) Um, okay. So I think the sort of like trigger moment for all of it was, it was during the pandemic and I had been a brand photographer and sort of like at the start of the year, I was about to go photograph a retreat and like I felt like that side of my career was really taking off and then pandemic, like all of it just sort of flatlined. Yeah. So it was a few months of just like, I hadn't touched my camera at all. Um, I hadn't been like doing any kind of like photography work, nothing. And then one morning I woke up and I, it was honestly divine inspiration. It was like this thing just like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And was like, you have to take self portraits. And I was like, I don't do that. Like, I've never done that. I'm behind the camera, not in front of it, guys. Yeah, I'm like, I've literally never done that. Like, why Why do I feel like I need to do this? Okay. Um, And at the time, I was living in, like, a 600-square-foot apartment. There was, like, no space to set up a camera and a tripod. So, like, literally my – I, like, I ran with it because it was such a fire of inspiration. Like, I could not ignore it. Yeah. Um, so my tripod was literally like <laughs> set up on my bed and like, yeah, or like, yeah, balanced. It was, not, <laughs> it was not good. And then I just had this feeling like I've, I've captured something, like I've captured something of myself. Right. And that first session was actually not like sensual really right. at all. Like, right. In terms of how I usually feel sensual, but it was right. very raw yeah. Um, and I just knew I had to keep shooting okay. somehow. Um, and then from that moment, this visual concept was sort of like floating in my head of this image I wanted to create. And it was, again, something I couldn't ignore. Um, and it was like, actually, I think it's still my profile. 
picture on okay. Instagram because it's still one of my favorite okay. shoots. It's like the black and white. Yeah, with the hats. Yeah. Um, and it was like very bold. Hey. <laughs> the whole thing yeah. felt like bold and glamorous, which yeah. I would not have described myself that way. Okay. And and so okay. I saw my like I was acting this way like I presented myself in that way and then I like looking at the photos I saw myself in this very like feminine bold like expressive way and I was like holy shit like (laughs) what the fuck that is me and then (laughs) and then of course I just wanted to keep taking more photos um and I wanted to take revealing photos like I followed all of these accounts that were like lingerie models and yeah like boudoir photographers and models. And I was just like, oh, I wish, I wish I could do that. Like, I wish I could mm. take photos like that. Mm. And I was like, I can't, like, why, why can't I? Right. So, yeah. Breakthrough, <laughs> limited belief. And I'm like, yeah. let's just do it. Okay. Um, and I remember, like, I also had this urge to share them. It wasn't just like, let me take it and look at it. And like, these right. are my own thing that I, you know, keep for myself. I right. had this yearning to share it publicly wow and that's so like that takes balls you know, know. to like oh take <laughs> exposed photos of yourself but like I know obviously they're edited in a way where like you can show as much as you want with like the lighting and the shadows but like still that's like I'm such a private person where I'm like I like I it's I love it the balls the confidence just all of it I love it so I'm much like sweating <laughs> yeah no doubt like yeah Absolutely. Considering like the last sort of like photo of myself, like you can see the switch on my feed if you if you go back. It was just sort of like playful outdoor, like cutesy photos of like me trying to be in front of the camera more, but like really just like, you know, quote unquote, innocent looking. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I did it was another like black and white series with like a blanket, a white blanket and a black background. Mm. And like, it's really not revealing. Like you don't see much of anything, but it's implied. And like right. posting those, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> just like Loki freaking out. Do your yeah. does any of like your family follow you? Like, did you have to work through that barrier too? Oh my god. 100 percent And that okay. was like part of why I was just like yeah. sweating and terrified because I yeah. was like what are they gonna think like my family right. we don't have these conversations like we don't right like it just like didn't exist those two sort of concepts like family and like the central photos like <laughs> never yeah yeah never mixed um and yeah like I knew sort of like I had this feeling that like my, how I presented myself to the world sort of like reflected back on my family and that they would be disappointed to be sort of like associated. Like I was sort of yeah. harming their reputation. Um, and so I know like some of my family members are sort of like, oh, I wish she wouldn't post like this kind of photo or whatever, but like they don't really say anything to me. <laughs> okay. Um, and I haven't been like exiled from the family. Um, I don't think you will be. No, I mean, I never thought I would be on a conscious level, but consciously. Yeah. But this is so interesting. This is like bringing me back to your South node on your mid Haven line. Mm -hmm. I feel like there is something there like past life wise. Like, I feel like there's, there's something like, which is why like 
your, your purpose in this life has to do more with being you and expressing for you. And it just kind of like, there's like a polarity there with it that you're meant to merge. I feel. I also feel that way. And I I don't feel like it's just sort of like, Oh, me promoting myself and being like an influencer, which might be part of it, but I think it's really more like for the benefit of other people. Yeah. Um, Because I think you're really changing. I mean, for myself, you've really changed the, the conversation of what it means to be a woman showing up so fearlessly online. And I feel like this is, it's not even just about being sensual or sexual, which I feel like we need to get into like how those words are really positive and not negative. Cause I feel like there's so much surrounding that with like toxic masculinity, but just the confidence and the relationship with self that you need to have to show up online in any capacity, but especially in the capacity that you are trying to have impact with, with womanhood, I feel like it's just so powerful. And I think it's going to have the most beautiful effect on people, including the women in your family who are like, what the fuck is Melissa doing? <laughs> what is she doing? And why is she wearing absolutely nothing on the internet? <laughs> yeah. Why is her bare ass on my camera feed right or my, on my Insta feed right now? <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm sure they've sort of like removed me from their feed, like because their kids are around and like, sure, sure. I'm like, I don't know, but whatever, but they still like, like my photos so I still feel you know yeah but but that's not even like you don't need the guarantee of support to go into it and it's sort of Mm -hmm. like for me this was my my like edge posting this part of myself publicly and wanting to be this part of myself publicly for other people it could be like I don't know talking about I don't know childhood trauma or right um, aliens aliens <laughs> talking about your psychic abilities that yeah, can be yeah. A really scary thing oh and yeah yeah you don't know that you can do it and that it's okay to do it until you like actually do it, do it. <laughs> yeah yeah I hear you I had the same thing back in 2020 when I stepped out of the the broom closet and became like very like open with my mediumship I was like well my family doesn't even know this about me but they're gonna find out now um And it was the same idea of like, well, the people who want to receive me and my truth will, and those who don't, then they will weed themselves out and that's okay. And I feel like that's a good mentality for you to have as well. And anyone who's going to be showing up in the online space or just in their truth in general needs to have, because that's the evolution of it. That's the growth for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it like, it keeps expanding. So like for me, it was, you know, that first set of images that, that was a huge leap and then sort of like each subsequent shoe got like a little bit more, a little bit more. Mm. And so, you know, and yeah. that's just, you know, comfort zone keeps- expansion. Yeah. It just <laughs> so. keeps going. And so how, how did you navigate this? Because you're, you're a millennial, right? Mm-hmm. So you grew up with the similar programming that I would have. I'm like the first year of Gen Z. So I, 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 I'm basically a millennial because I grew up with millennials. Honorary, so millennial. honor, honorary or a zillennial as apparently people in society are calling us, but it's fine. It's cute. <laughs> um, so I know like there's a lot of, I mean, fuck, we couldn't even get a goddamn bank account until the seventies as women. Right. And so like, we were just property and like baby bearers and we weren't even allowed to enjoy sex up until like more recently, I would say like probably the two thousands is when like sexuality really started getting out there. Sensuality started really getting out there. Did you feel like you had to like break apart those paradigms within yourself to start 
this work and to get into your purpose? And if so, how did you navigate that? Um, wow. Yeah. Packed question. Sorry. (laughs) Um, I was thinking about this beforehand, like earlier, you know, just sort of doing my own like mental preparation for the call. Um, and I was reflecting on how I actually discovered my own pleasure at a very young age. Okay. Okay. In a time where like that, you know, it wasn't talked about, like it was the nineties. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so I had discovered myself and I was, you know, exploring as, you know, you do. And when you you naturally, as as you naturally do during that time. Everyone does. (laughs) Yeah. No shame. (laughs) But no one was telling me, you know, about my body or I wasn't in school. I wasn't even really understanding like what I was doing. Like I, I just knew I was enjoying it and like, it was fun. Um, and so it was the secret thing. It was this like implied secrecy, like this thing that I had to hide yeah. because it, it wasn't anything it's, that you, you shared with anybody. Right. <laughs> only, only boys did that because boys were like, you know, yeah. crazy and horn dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, basically that. And I was like, why am I like this? Like, right. So I sort of had this like internalized guilt and shame about that. Right. And then growing up in a society that's telling me all these messages about, you know, female pleasure or like being a sec a woman and sexual is just like, you know, bad. Mm-hmm. Um and so I'm sort of like I had to really start to unpack like my own experience of that and then sort of try to like bridge that into a world in which I'm now starting to interact with other people and date and like feel attracted to people. Right. Um, and I'm like, how do I, and like, no one teaches you how to have conversations <laughs> about that. Right. No, not um, at all. No one teaches you how to like enter the world of sexuality in a healthy way. No, hundred um, yeah, percent. And you're just, you know, it's like assumed you're not supposed to. <laughs> like, yeah, I feel like there, yeah, absolutely. I feel like there's kind of like this still very rigid heteronormative container, especially for women who are just now being told that they can, oh, you can kind of enjoy sex, but don't talk about it. You know, I feel like we're still in that point in society. So I can imagine like the 90s, early 2000s, you're kind of like, uh, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I remember um, like, celebrities going on I remember Britney Spears specifically going on the red carpet with this outfit that had this like deep v and she was like dragged through the headlines for wearing such a revealing outfit okay and like I don't know a few years ago someone like even if you look at the red carpet now like it's all it is all of the outfits (laughs) are revealing and I'm just sort of like I have that I don't know why this sticks so strongly in my memory, but I think it just had an impression on me of like, okay, dressing like that is, you know, shameful and bad and wrong. And so in high school and university, like I dressed to hide, I was wearing like baggy t-shirts and sweaters and like showing hardly any skin um, because I just thought that's how you, you know, 
yeah. got approval and how you fit in and how you were like good and <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, yeah that that hits home with me too because up until recently I was very modest in my clothing like I wouldn't show like anything and so I feel that too because we went from a point in society where it was like if you show skin you're a slut and now it's like if you don't show skin you're a prude and it's like well where do you where do you want me then it's like show enough skin but not too much and it's like why first of all why is our clothing telling like why is our clothing giving a message of sexuality in the first place which that to me I think is its own conversation maybe you agree or disagree but it's like we should be able to wear like practically nothing and not be sexualized and also want to express our sexuality in our own way through our clothing it's kind of paradoxical does that make sense yes Yes. You know what I'm saying? I also, I also remember in like elementary school, there was this rule about like, you weren't allowed to have Oh my God. And I remember as a kid, I was livid about it and I couldn't fully contextualize like why I was mad, but I just right. knew, like, it's so unfair. Yeah. That and like the three finger rule and your shorts have to be like Bermuda shorts because God forbid a fucking 13 year old boy sees your upper thigh. Like- what I I was livid about that shit too I went to a catholic school too nonetheless so like patriarchy was running hard Mm. I can imagine I can imagine and it was like I went to just like a regular public school and it was still kind of horrible yeah you know not as strict I'm sure but still it it was and it's really teaching you from a young age that you as like a female body person are responsible for men and their choices and their reactions and their emotions mm-hmm. and then you take that on of like and and then bring that into like your sexual self yep, yep. <laughs> as and- like I am responsible for them and like yeah you know in every way too, like <laughs> <Yeah>. responsible, <laughs> responsible for their pleasure, responsible for their idea of what pleasure looks like and feels like within you as, as the female body person, like it's just so much unnecessary pressure on a woman. And I feel like we're finally and thankful for creators like you who are like reclaiming femininity and womanhood through your work. So what would you say is like the most common resistance in I know you do self-portraits with some of your clients and you do shoots what is like the biggest resistance that you see like a commonality in with women trying to release when they're getting back in touch with their body and their pleasure and these self-portrait sessions what what are we working through as a as a collective of women definitely there's this massive fear of um how they will be perceived and receiving you know unwanted attention yeah Um, and I think that was another message growing up too of just like if you dress a certain way you're gonna get unwanted attention and like you don't want that because the attention is is unwanted it's it's not comfortable yeah (laughs) but you get it either way um yeah that's true you definitely can um I'm not saying it's guaranteed and that you know it it must be experienced by everyone but like like, I feel like if we were to take an inventory on both of our pages and ask the women who follow us like when they've ever gotten a dm or a story reply I'm pretty sure 99.9 percent of them would say that they've gotten something yes Yeah. yeah yeah and so yeah that that would be the biggest resistance of just like what will people think of me? Um, and how will that 
um, you know, turn itself back on me. Like how will I experience right. what people think of me? Yeah. Um, and so that that's really sort of like the biggest thing to, um, you know, delve into within yourself is separating your actions and your behavior from trying to control other people. <laughs> and, right. yeah, you cannot control them. You can't control what men think. You can't control what your family thinks. Um, all you can do is just try to feel good <laughs> about yourself and what you're doing. Yeah. And what would you say is the biggest benefit for women to get in touch with this part of themselves? Like if we're going to go against all these possible threats or judgments or misconceptions about us as women, like, why is it worth it to, to dive into this part of ourselves and to show that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is in one word, it's empowering. Um, yeah. but to expand on that, it opens the door for you to discover what you actually like and want and um, are curious about both in, you know, a pleasure sense and in just a general life sense, like the more connected to yourself and your body that you are, the more sort of in tune you are with, um, you know, what's aligned for you in any context. Yeah. And I feel like that, if we look at the energetics of that, like the feminine polarity, again, irrespective of sex or gender is that creative, intuitive life force energy. And that is held in the sacral, which is desire and pleasure, like not always in a sexual sense, obviously, but they're there in the same, the same space and they operate um, those energies. So I really love that. It's like getting to know yourself on a deeper level so that you can be more of your authentic self in all areas of life, not just in your sexual life, which I think is a beautiful thing. That's, mm-hmm. oh, I'm loving this conversation already. What do you, I have so many questions. I just like want to <laughs> pick your brain today. Um, what do you think is the next biggest change? And obviously this is probably subjective and I feel like we all need to work on this collectively, but what do you think is the biggest change that we need to make as a society to accept that women are sexual beings and sensual beings. And then that's an okay thing because it's not always the men who are shaming us. Sometimes it's women shaming other Mm -hmm. women. And that I feel like is a big thing too. So what do you think needs to change in society? What's our next step? Uh, I think a lot of it really will come down to open conversations Because I I think sort of this, like when things are kept sort of hush hush and secret and behind closed doors, there's room for speculation and judgment and, um, you know, all of those things that come up, especially shame. Like when things are hidden, there's shame and, and fear around sort of like being found out, like whatever that is. Sure. Yeah. And so I think the more visible things are, the more they're just widely accepted. So the more visible female pleasure is, and I don't mean in like, you know, porn everywhere kind of thing, but just, (laughs) yeah, I mean, but like there, but there are also like, there are social medias. I mean, OnlyFans I think is really breaking the barrier with that aspect as Mm -hmm. well for, for a whole new, like revolution of sex work and expressing sexuality, which I think is a safe space as well, as safe as one can be on the internet, you know, you know, (laughs) there's things to take into account, but sorry, continue. (laughs) Um, 
I actually, I love how sort of like mainstream OnlyFans is becoming because it's just sort of like, oh yeah, you know, women, whoever, men, like there are all kinds of accounts on there. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, it's like, yeah, it's just something people do. And it's, I think it's really becoming like more accepted. And I think that will play a, a role in it too. Like right. the more accepted it is and the more talked about and just like it's coming up casually in conversation um that creates this invitation to actually talk about the things that you're thinking and so like you know if if you weren't talking about it before it's really easy to form judgments and assumptions and misconceptions but like for example with with myself I OnlyFans actually served um, a really important bridge for me because I had started taking self-portraits and there were more revealing ones that I wasn't ready to share publicly yet, but I wanted to share. So I put them on OnlyFans and sort of like the act of just putting it somewhere helped me feel comfortable sharing at all. And then eventually Mm -hmm. those sort of just like made it publicly. (laughs) Love that. So in conversation, um, like before I started, I would just like joke about it. Like, ha ha ha, maybe I'll just start an OnlyFans. Ha ha ha. Um, starts an OnlyFans six months later. Yeah. And then like, oh, oh wait. <laughs> and now in conversation, people might say like, they'll do the same thing. They'll be like, uh, maybe I'll start an OnlyFans. And I'm like, oh yeah, you should. Like I have one. And they're like, oh, like suddenly this barrier has been broken and wow. they're like really curious about it. Right. Um, where before they... There was no conversation they could be having. And now there's this invitation to actually like talk about what it's like and, you know, what it could be for them. Yeah. Um, Or their options. If it's something that they really want to try out. Yeah. So, and then they're just, they're like, oh, and they know me as a person. So like whatever sort of assumptions they might've made about like people with OnlyFans. Right. Now they're like, oh, someone I know and respect and, you know, trust is doing this thing that, you know, I would have never considered before, like, right. Had all of these ideas about, and it's just sort of like eliminating. Eliminating the the taboo of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I love that so much. I feel like there is such a misconception and don't get me wrong. Like, I think there are situations where, you know, women get into sex work for unfavorable reasons. But I feel like there's obviously this movement happening where women are getting into it because they fucking want to, because Mm -hmm. for some reason it's healing for them. And there's actually men, I don't know what it was, what was going on with my algorithm on TikTok, but this male sex worker like popped up on my TikTok feed and he's so educational with like his services as a male. So it's like, you know, it goes both ways, but we're talking about women today. And I feel like it's releasing a stigma on, on the conversation of not, maybe not just like porn, but like just sex work in general. And the fact that it can be a positive thing, because I feel like Mm -hmm. there's actually so many benefits to sex work and you don't even have to be sleeping with people, but you can be, and you could be, you know, helping people heal and, and in different ways. But I feel like this is so empowering. Did, did this person that you spoke to, did they end up making the OnlyFans? I'm curious. Not that I know of, like okay. not so 
are, but I think they're like, they're actually really open to it and they would. Good for them. Good for them. Oh, here's, here's hoping that they follow their, their true path. That's, that's in it for them. Um, And like, it's lucrative. I saw a podcast clip the other day too. I think last week or a week before this woman is making $300,000 a month on OnlyFans. And I was like, they are making bank. (laughs) I was like, um, excuse me, excuse me. And that for me, like, that is not my personality like that. I, for Mm -hmm. me, sex is a very uh, private experience and I feel like that's okay too so like anyone listening to this like you can be anywhere on the spectrum with where you're at and sharing your sexuality um or your sex life or your sensuality and for me I was kind of just like fuck me up I wish I was so bold but I just it's not me (laughs) I don't oh I literally like I literally could not like I just it's not me I'm like it's not me I'm an eighth house mercury like it just express no like expression is hidden on the best day let alone for things like this um but I love it for for people like yourself who are on it and women who are making so much bank off of it I'm like fucking get your bag use your body in the way that you want to and get your fucking bag (laughs) I know and like I mean you'll be sort of like objectified either way Mm. let's talk about that let's (laughs) fucking talk about that I so (laughs) I have an axe to grind with this, but I'm also of the mentality of like, if we're going to be objectified, fucking use it to our advantage. Kind of like you're saying, it's, you're going to be objectified anyway. But I had this experience actually last night and oh my God, let's just vent about it. I went for a run at like six o'clock. Okay. So like the sun is out, you know, and I don't know what it is with me thinking or like women thinking that when it gets dark is when we're at risk because that is such bullshit. And like, I've been catcalled in an oversized crew neck and baggy jeans. Mm-hmm. And, and then in this experience last night, I typically run in a sports bra and short shorts. And at some points, yeah, you can see a little bit of my butt cheek because they're short and I'm running and they're riding up. Anyway, last night I threw a t-shirt on with it, went out and this motherfucker who is so glad that he, he's really, he's really lucky I didn't choose violence last night because I almost did. He's riding on his bike. He sees me, turns his head, literally almost causes himself to fall off his bike staring at me. So like one, you're a fucking idiot. Two, you're like 45 years old, which like by all means, if women in their mid twenties want to date 45 year olds, knock yourself out. It's not my vibe. And he just like, also, this is not the context in which that would even happen. He circles back around because there is like a kind of like a U-turn that he could make starts following me as I'm running while on his bike. And I literally said to my spirit team, I was like, I will choose violence, fucking take care of it. And then he like scooted off. But I, I was running like I'm literally training for a race and you're going to objectify me because I'm running Mm -hmm. like we can't breathe. You can't even eat a fucking cherry without being sexualized or objectified you can't oh oh my god I can't I can't eat bananas in public I I honestly can't I know every time I do I'm like "Mm." then you make eye contact with someone and you're like yeah literally like piece by piece because you make eye contact with someone you're like especially a man you're kind of like I'm like yeah just like and I have a sexual mind too like I like (laughs) sexual yeah it's the Sagittarius suns yeah and like (laughs) oh Like my mind goes there with these jokes, but I am like just at a point where I'm so tired of being objectified for my body because, and this is, this has been changing and I have you and your content to thank for that of like, 
I can show up online however I want to. I can show my body online if I want to. I can wear and post these photos of me and my skimpy little body reveal like outfits if I want to. And I can at the same time do it for myself and just ignore the objectification. But like it's still, I don't know, I get so pissed off with it. So that's my take. I don't know if you want to add. <laughs> I know I just went off. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Yes, catcalling mm. has always happened in the daylight for yeah. me. Yeah. Okay. Never. I've actually, I almost 100% always feel safer at night because, okay. I mean, I guess I'm less visible generally. And fair. Okay. I don't know. Maybe men know they're like, oh, it's dark. That would be um, I'm glad they have some sense. <laughs> but also, how many times I need, I have another ex. Okay. <laughs> just ask ex. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's go. My biggest pet peeve is when I'm like walking or running and instead of a cat call, it's a car coming from. Oh, I get those too. And they honk the horn and I have a fucking heart attack. And I'm like, Literally. you are messing with my yeah. nervous system right now. Literally. <laughs> Stop. And I always, every single time I'm like, Oh, I want to throw a rock at your window. Like, so oh my God. Much. Yes. Yes. Or literally just like throw myself onto the car, onto the car and then call the police and say the car hit me and it was a hit and run. Because oh, that's um, oh, oh, hey, yeah. brew your own karma, bitch. Like you want to fucking honk at me and give me a heart attack while I'm running when my breathing was impeccable. And now you just fucked it up. Oh, I'm with and then you. I have to like breathe. Yeah. I'm like on a nice like thought train and I'm yes. like, oh, yeah, this is a really good idea. Let me just yes. build that out. And it's like, boom. Yeah. So. Oh. Yeah. And I don't think men understand like actually how aggressive that is. Like that aggressive, intimidating behavior. Yeah. And it's like, there is no possible (laughs) scenario in which a surprise honk from behind, like. Is going to turn me on. You're going to be like, oh, yay. Yeah. (laughs) No. And that's the thing too. good. and I feel like this is like a genuine question that I want the men listening to reflect on because whether you do this as a man or you damn well know a man who has done this, mm-hmm. what do you think the outcome is actually going to be of catcalling a woman? <laughs> like, has it ever worked for you? Has it, has it genuinely ever worked for you? Because mm-hmm. I'm going to, I would bet top dollar, it never has because mm-hmm. No woman is going to feel safe with a man who harasses her on the street or in a car while they're running. Like that does not scream, I'm going to protect you and love you. That screams, you're going to not understand what no means. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's like, why do they think it's going to work? And this is, I'm also saying this because I feel like this is like 5% of men in this world. I feel like 95% of men are incredible and great. Mm -hmm. And I say this from having like polarized experiences with that sex. Um, but the 5%, I'm just sitting here and I'm like, are you like, what's wrong it's with you? Really making you look bad men. So like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I don't know, but I'm with you on that. Like the whole, yeah. The nervous system honk. No, don't do it. <laughs> and, it and it's just sort of like this other layer of privilege that men have. Um, God, yeah. Where they're not constantly receiving this like external stimuli of things they have to respond to and regulate within themselves. Right. Um, 
like maybe they have other things. I'm sure they do. But of in the course. sense where it like it really sort of addresses your sense of like physical safety. Um, yeah, I mean, they're the, <laughs> they're the first ones to say that they're stronger than us physically and they can like beat us in sports and things like that. So they don't have to, with that. And that's like a patriarchal mindset, too. I don't necessarily believe that. But with that kind of lurking in their subconscious, they're not we're not a threat to them. Mm hmm. So they don't have, they're not on high alert when these things happen. They get catcalled by a woman, which is probably a very rare occurrence. Like, I'm not going to say they're it's like, impossible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, bring it on. Fuck yeah. Let's go. Want to like book a hotel room. Like they're more turned on by it because they're not threatened by women as where women, as long as we've existed, have had to be aware of the potential threat that a man who we know or don't know can pose onto us. And then bring, add that layer to, okay, I want to express myself, um, you know, more publicly, like you yeah. already have this lifetime of experiences that you have to say like, okay, that exists yeah. and I'm still this person. I'm still, you know, someone who, if you are attracted to men as a woman, <laughs> you have to reconcile those experiences with your desire to be in relationships with men yes and then sort of like heal all of those things and learn how to have healthy relationships healthy dynamics like whatever that dynamic looks like absolutely um, and and sort of like not cast those things onto your romantic partner but also learn like you know yeah. he has to you know be aware of those things for you too otherwise you will never actually feel safe him. <laughs> yes. I love that you're bringing that up because it's, it's a, it's a, how do you say it? it's a collaborative effort when it comes to dating men. And I have my trauma when it comes to men, but I had to do my own healing on that when I entered relationships after the fact, because that the man that I was with is not the man who, who caused the trauma. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's important for women. I really also have an extra grind with women who say all men are horrible. All men are terrible. I think men are amazing. I like have such a soft spot in my heart for men. I feel like they've also gone through so much in society of feeling like they can't desire love. And that's why they're so hypersexual because emotion is weak and whatever. But I also feel like men knowing the history of what we have been put through as women also need to educate themselves on how to create a safe and protective environment for us as women, but protective in a sense that is not disempowering or controlling, but is also like, I'll punch the fucker out at the bar if I have to, just to make a point, you know, like, you get what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And not yeah. to like condone violence, but you know, <laughs> I think I'm just in a bit of a violent mood. It's been less than 24 hours. Since this motherfucker on a bike. I think I'm choosing violence right now, but we're on yeah. the violence train. We're on the, um, no, no. And but like, you know, you know what I mean? Like if someone's like really being up in your space and like being protective in that sense, or even just saying something and being like, Hey man, that's not cool. And I think there is nothing hotter than a man who can put his male friends in his place too. And be like, don't look at her like that. Don't talk to her like that. Or what the fuck are you doing? I think, so I think there's a collaborative effort that needs to be had here, but do you feel like showing up online or sharing our sensuality and sexuality as women can be healing for that kind of trauma? Like what's your perspective on that? I have definitely found it healing for myself. Um, and I know that, you know, I've received 
several comments and like DMs of like, yeah, people just saying like, thank you for showing up this way because it's giving me permission to show up that way or just to even, you know, start asking different questions. Right. Um, and it really sort of like, because the majority of my work is self-portraits, it meant that I had a lot of time for self-reflection. <laughs> yeah. Um, and spending all of that time with myself and sort of like reflecting on my body and my sexuality meant that I had time to figure out what safety felt like for me right. within my body, like separate Ooh. from people, separate from relationships. Like there's an element of having to learn that too. But first, like in order to heal all of those sort of like boundary <laughs> transgressions, like you have right. to figure out, okay, how do I know what feels safe? And how do I know when it, when it's, you know, safe and aligned for me to open up to this person or right. to have a sexual relationship with this person or, Absolutely. you know, tell secrets to this person. Like you have to know your body will tell you if, it, if it's safe, but you have right. to figure out what that feels like first. I love and that. I think that's kind of where the healing starts because you have to sort of establish firm, firm boundaries for yourself. And for other people, like yes. what will I allow other people to do like to with for me? Yes. Um, and like, when does that feel good for me? When does it not? And like the boundaries, they can be fluid and flexible and they change like with different people. Yeah. But and in different, like, different days too, where you're yeah, like, yeah, one like, day this feels good. And one day I'm like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so I think that's sort of like the first step in in healing and honestly for me like it's really only been the past like two or three years that I actually understood what safe felt like for me which mm -hmm. meant that the first 30 years of my life uh unsafe felt normal yep yeah <laughs> and so you go on sort of like violating your own boundaries in a sense I did that yep yeah yep. and it's like real damaging it's real real rough <laughs> oh it really is yeah mm -hmm. I feel like we've had maybe some 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 paralleled experiences with that yeah, yeah. yeah. um yeah because I yeah 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 <laughs> we're just I'm gonna leave it there for right now <laughs> but yeah different I, episode <laughs> different episode yeah <laughs> maybe or maybe just not a public conversation we can have that properly um <laughs> I'm trying to do the vulnerability thing. I'm going as, <laughs> as deep as I can. Um, but yeah, I think that that is, that's a really beautiful thing of like finding that safety within, in, in every sense, because I think when you know what safe feels like in your body, that translates to every area of life, like different mm -hmm. physical environments, social environments, different people and with sex. Exactly. Which is ultimately one of the places you want to feel the safest when you're having sex, right? Because it's so, it's so beautiful and empowering and fun. Like it needs to be fun, you know, like, or it should be at least, I don't know. It's my belief, but. <laughs> um, and I, I think it sort of feeds into um, like the work that you do because it's like reparenting and like yeah. you creating this, this sort of like rebuilding trust with your inner child of like, don't worry, I've got you. Yes. I know, I know it safe is, and I'm going to protect you. Yes. Um, so yeah, you really have to, <laughs> you yeah. have to figure out what that is. Absolutely. You have to connect with that part of yourself and then honor that whenever it comes up, whether that's with yourself or in these different situations or with partners. And I feel like 
I feel like these conversations with partners are so critical because you also need a partner who's going to empower that change of mind that can happen instantly. And being able to honor that and practice that with yourself, even if it's like a, you know, I feel like the best way, if anyone's looking for an example of how this would translate from like, let's say quote, regular life to like sex life is like, if you go out to a party and you're feeling fun and you're having a good time and you're feeling safe, but you get this alert from your inner child who's saying, I don't want to be here anymore. I just want to go home and feel safe at home. Honoring that is going to teach you how to honor that in every other area of your life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's really like learning how to sort of say no to something or step back from something. And like, I think that's another thing that we're just not taught how to do, especially as women, like we're taught kind of how to, um, you know, cater to other people's emotions and their needs and yeah, depending on your childhood, maybe like you did a lot of like (laughs) emotional weightlifting other people. Yeah. Yeah. So you really have to figure out like, okay, maybe it'll disappoint my friends if I leave this party, but, um, you know, if I, if I can just communicate with them openly that I'm going to leave and it, it would feel good for me to leave. Um, you know, like you have to be okay with that sort of like accepting that disappointment and like knowing that if they're not okay with it, if your There's friends an are issue. Like, uh, excuse me, like this is my birthday and like, you really have to be here and we're not friends. If you leave, like that's time to leave. Like you need new that's, friends. That, yeah. That's time to leave. Not just the party, but the fucking relationship. The yeah. Friendship. yeah like, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you have to cut people out of your life. Like that's just sort of, you know, maybe an unpleasant truth of the situation, but. Oh yeah. um... Oh, absolutely. It reminds me of the (laughs) last, like, it reminds me of the last, I don't even want to call it a relationship. It was like two months long at most. That reminds me of that relationship where he like crossed a boundary. um, And I was like, no. And he like a few hours later tried again. And I was like, (laughs) no. I had literally just had surgery. So like there was no way I could have sex. Like there was like no way. And he wasn't being overly aggressive. And he like backed off as I said, no, but it's almost like this idea too of like women can be convinced to change their mind, whether it's sex or Mm -hmm. literally anything else. Like, oh, you don't want this job. Here's all the benefits. Say yes. And it's like, no, I just don't want the fucking job. Or in context of sex and relationships of like, oh, you're not interested in me. I'm just going to try harder till you change your mind. Oh, you're not interested in having sex right now. I'm going to try harder until you change your mind. And it's about this, this feeling of safety and finding the safety within self is about like you're saying, saying no, regardless of what people's reactions are going to be and having enough confidence. And I'm going to say healing self-worth issues to know that there is better coming when you say no and leave these situations and these relationships. Mm-hmm then if you stay in them, there's more harm in staying in these, in these situations than there is good at the end of the day. Yeah. And so I, I just had another thought about like, you need to know how to say no and be comfortable saying that. And also not keep yourself in a situation where you're consistently having to say no and like put up that, that boundary, because that is, that's another kind of draining where your walls always up. Like, and you can't feel you have to be doing that. Yeah. Even if you feel comfortable to say no, like yeah. <laughs> you should people who respect the first no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna name drop them, but 
forwards podcast to said person. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and like, he's a super respectful guy. I'll, I'll give him that. I think, uh, I don't fucking know. I didn't know him well enough. We dated for two months. What the fuck do I know about the guy? But no, I think what you're saying is, is super important to add because if you're around someone who you constantly have to say no to, why don't you feel safe saying yes? Mm-hmm. That question, I, oh, I got chills. Like that question is going to give you a lot of insight on maybe why they're not in a line connection, whether this is platonic, familial, sexual, romantic, I don't, professional, it's going to give you a lot of insight for sure. Oh, mm-hmm. I love. Ooh. Yeah. That's, that's actually like a reflection question that comes up for me more and more is like, if mm-hmm. I find myself sort of looking for reasons to say no, mm-hmm. uh, even if it's like, Hey, do you want to, you know, meet for coffee this week? Um, and I'm like, hmm, how can I get out of this? How can I get out of Ooh, this? Yeah. I have to be like, wait, why am I trying to get out of this? Like, what is that telling me? Like, maybe I right. just don't have energy this week. Sure. Or, you know, I just don't feel like it, like whatever yeah. it is. Or it could be, I actually don't want to interact with that person. And I'm just sort of like ignoring that. <laughs> right. What's your, what's your human design? Do you know? Projector. Splenic, four, six, splenic projector. Are you the splenic projector? Okay. I don't know if this is the same. Are you like a, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no. Is that, does that show up for you in your design? Um, what is my thing? It's like the sort of like an intuitive whisper. Ah, okay. Okay. So a little different than mine. Okay. Yeah. So it's like really about like taking the time to go in and listen to what the whisper wants to say. Yeah. And waiting for the invitation. So it's like an invitation could come. Okay. But it doesn't mean I have to say yes to it. Right. And I think the urge is sort of like, oh, an invitation, like. Right. Yeah. Cause the ego is like, oh, fun. Yeah. We're invited in. Yay. Yeah. Um, right. So, and I, I do like to say yes a lot. Like I like to sure. sort of just go with the flow and explore and like, oh, let's see what happens. But right. that I've, I've learned that that can take me places I don't want to go necessarily. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, so yeah, I have to be like, okay, I got the invitation. Now what does the whisper say about right. that invitation? Okay. And, Okay. That's so, that's so interesting. I love human design. I want to learn so much more about it because I find that fascinating for me. It's like an immediate, it's either a fuck yes. And if I don't get that in, in the moment that I get the, the Mm -hmm. idea or the invite or whatever it is, it's like a, nope. It has like, even if it's a generator, I'm a manifesting generator with it. Yeah. With a sacral authority, I'm a three, five profile. And yeah, so for me, it's like, if it's not a fuck yes, it has to be a fuck no. And that's hard sometimes because sometimes there's a part of me that wants to, but this there's no fuck yes in me. And I'm like, oh, shit, it always works out in the end. <laughs> oh. And I know us Sagittarians, we just love to, we just want to do everything and like go everywhere <laughs> and explore and- Let's have the adventure. I'm like, okay, I have a lot of very interesting stories to tell from said adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great, like awesome. Let's write a book, but yeah, like, please do. I'm at the point where, like, okay, maybe I don't need to have every single adventure, and like, I can be right. a little bit more discerning and like say yes right. to the right people and yes to the right things and yes to the right jobs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And those will also create. I think this is where like the Sagittarian energy needs to kind of balance out. Of like, those will still be very great memories and stories to tell. In fact, they'll probably be better than the ones that were really fucked some shit. <laughs> like, so <laughs> you want to hear what that one time I did this? Ooh, yeah. 
Oh, lots yeah, of those. Yeah, I'm but... a great, great person to have at a party uh, when we're playing Never Have I Ever. <laughs> oh my God, fun. Oh my God, I feel... Okay, so Never Have I Ever, I forget how how we play that. Is it if you have, you take a shot or if you haven't, you take a shot? If you have done it, you take a shot or like put a finger down or whatever the thing is. Okay, but yeah, well, it's usually a drinking game, is it not? It's I usually alcohol. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I feel like I feel like you just get really drunk. I feel like you'd get drunk after like the first time. And I'm like, oh, I can't play. I'm fucking wasted. Phil says it's vodka, but it's actually water because she's already five shots deep. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love that. Oh, okay. Um, I feel like we've covered everything that I like had questions for you, but I know that I put up a poll for questions with some of the people on my page. Did you want to dive into those? Is there anything else that you want to do? No, let's dive in. This is my like Sagittarian ooh adventure. No, exciting and like ooh. I mean, there's, oh, we got an anonymous one. We didn't have any anonymous ones when we started Ooh. recording. So let's maybe start with that one. Ooh, okay. Let me see. Okay, let me just read this question and see. Okay. This person says, grew up with an eating disorder as a result of old school grandparent and reinforced by society comparing me to a very thin older sister. Now I have a daughter and soon a son, congratulations, um, starting their healthy eating and body connections early, but not feeling great support from her her or their family. Um, how do I break generational ideologies surrounding healthy body connection? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, like to this person, thank you for being so vulnerable with us because I can imagine how much healing and work that you have done and are continuing to do on yourself. And I feel like, I mean, just like reading this, I feel like there has always been this like idea of like thin is the ideal. And I feel like we just need to like get rid of that and focus on feeling good is the ideal. Whatever you look like, as long as you feel good, that is a good thing. But man, like teaching this to your kids now, ooh, Melissa, this is your field. Share the wisdom. Um, I have a few places I want to go with this. Um, one is I think modeling, uh, is maybe like the best, most impactful place to start. So I'm not like an early childhood educator or anything like that, but (laughs) that's okay. Um, (laughs) We, um, pick up a lot of things, uh, subconsciously, um, from our parents of, you know, what we see them say, what we see them do, like how we see them interacting with food and their bodies. Um, And so being really aware of what you're doing around your, your kids, even if they're, you know, like an infant and you think it won't matter, like, yeah, are you sort of looking at yourself critically in the mirror while your daughter's watching? Yeah. Um, Or are you saying like, oh, no, I shouldn't eat this. It's too much. Right. No, I, I won't have cake today. I didn't go to the gym. Like right. all these things are going to add up. So it, I think it really starts with you as a role model. Um, and then sort of like just positive reinforcement <laughs> um, and sort of like, I want to bring human design into this. Too. Yeah, please. Um, I know sort of like I've read 
a fair bit about it. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, go for it. And sort of like children know intuitively, um, you know, what they want to eat and how much they want to eat. Yeah. Um, if you give them that space from the start, like, you know, maybe a 12 year old and you're like, trust your intuition when they haven't been able to do that. But um, yeah, starting sort of very young of like watching how they eat and what they want to eat and like letting them guide that process without saying, no, you can't have that. You need to have this or no, you have to, one of the things <laughs> from my childhood was you cannot leave the table. Oh, your entire plate. I, mm, <laughs> yep. And it could be this massive plate for a tiny little child or like one of the things I hated to eat was chicken. I could not eat chicken. I could not like swallow it. Are you, uh, are you vegetarian or plant-based? I'm not at the moment, okay. but I, okay. I was at one point and I just okay. generally don't eat a lot of meat. Okay. But so as a child, if there was chicken on my plate and I'm told I have to eat all of it and I literally hate this food <laughs> oh. or like at the time I hated, like I could not eat it. And it's like, you have to eat it and sort of like, that's you know, I, such a poor yeah. relationship with food. Like that's, that's building a poor relationship with food, unfortunately. A poor relationship with food and sort of like. I like, I don't want to, you know, criticize my parents. Of or course not. They did the like, best they could, right? Like they, they did were the just, best they could yeah. with their resources. Um, yeah. But it really sort of was like gaslighting me and my own, like <laughs> my own desires and my own intuition about like what I wanted to eat or how much I wanted to eat. Yeah. Um, and it also like trains the brain in like so many other ways too, of like, if you don't desire it, you have to. You have to eat it anyway to yep. please other people to yes. get approval. And then that <laughs> leads into everything in life. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. So I want to bring up human design because um, if you look at the chart, it will tell you sort of like your digestion. Yes. Um, and so mine is high sound. Um, yeah. Which mine I am opposite. Oh, low sound. No, mine is mine's literally like dead quiet. Oh, complete, like has to be silent. And I notice a difference too, when I do that versus when I'm like watching yeah. TV. <laughs> yeah. So I, I take it to mean sort of like high sensitivity to okay. what the sound is around okay. me. Um, yep. And maybe that means I want quiet sometimes. Sure. 99% of the time I don't like, yeah. <laughs> I really thrive. Like, I think this is why I love eating at like bustling restaurants because Ooh. there are just like noises and things happening everywhere. Right. Okay. And so like, I live alone right now and I like, it's <laughs> like, Oh my I'm God. Down with the, with like my, my meal. I'm like, ah, I don't want to eat, <laughs> but like, yeah. like I'm not hungry, but I'm just like, Oh, like feeling restless and scattered about it. So I usually end up like putting on a podcast or like yes. putting on a show just so I like have. Yeah. I have a lot of like input and that yeah. just sort of helps me. Interesting. Um, so for your kids, you can, you can see what that is. Like maybe yeah. I think one of my sister's kids has like, um, the one where you only eat during daylight. Ah. <laughs> yeah. And so if it's dark, like in winter, when they're usually having dinner time, like kids not going to want to eat because it's like too dark. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's actually insane too. Like to think about like mm -hmm. insane in a good way. It's just like, it's so wild how, and that's the soul being like, this is what I need to thrive. Like, this is where I'm going to do super well. And it literally leaks into every area of life. So I think, yeah. yeah, there are free human design charts that people can pull up and see this information. So I like that you're 
recommend yeah. it. So I, I think I sort of like went on a lot of different tangents there, but um, yeah, that's kind of what I would say. Like just really kind of like let your children guide yeah. um, with their relationship with food yeah. um, and really just sort of like be super aware of your own like words and actions. Yeah. I love this. I'm going to piggyback off of this. And I, I took um, childhood development psychology when I was in university. And the one thing that I would say when it comes to food in the body is one, don't ever as best you can, don't comment on your kids' bodies. Mm-hmm. Say, oh, you're, you know, you've gotten so thin or you've gotten so big or you look different because then they're going to learn to be hypercritical of their appearance. It's better to say, you look so healthy. You're glowing. You look so happy. How are you feeling? Like you look like you're feeling incredible. Like focus on how they're feeling and how they're presenting rather than what they look like. And also kind of like you were saying, Melissa, these kids are going to witness. Like if you say, oh my God, like I love handles and I'm feeling pudgy or I feel so bloated after that cake, that's seeding into their subconscious and they're automatically going to have this negative sort of attribution to these kinds of foods or experiences. So I would also say limit that. And then the other thing is to not categorize foods as good or bad. And this Mm -hmm. is something that I've had to heal on my food journey of like cookies, cake, and all of the confectionery is not bad. It's just not nutritional. Mm It has literally zero nutritional value. That doesn't mean it's bad because it doesn't taste bad. It tastes amazing. (laughs) And so- whenever you're teaching your kids about food, teaching them about how, okay, do you want something nutritional or fun? Do you need fuel or do you want something fun and exciting? And nutritional can be fun and exciting. So maybe just like let them know that too. Because it can only be nutritional or fun. (laughs) Yeah. So like it can't, it's not, let's not like polarize that. But um, because listen, I love air frying broccoli with some lemon, some cayenne and some garlic powder. And to me, that is both fun and very nutritional. (laughs) So... Oh, and focusing on how you feel from food. Yes, energized, or do you feel tired and like you know lethargic after? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and then the other thing to note, and this has been studies that have been done in neuroscience and psychology, is that how you feel about the food you're eating will actually impact how you digest it. So if Mm -hmm. you eat a cookie one day and you feel great about it, your digestion is incredible. But if you eat a cookie the next day and you feel guilt about it, your body is actually going to struggle to digest it and will more than likely turn it into stored fat cells. I have a really not fun personal experience with this. (laughs) Do you want to, do you feel like sharing it? Do you want to keep? Yeah, Yeah, I can share. I can share. Um, And it ties into sort of like sexuality and relationship. So um, I, I, I don't know how it started, but I'm sort of in my head, it goes back to doing this like fitness challenge where I um it like cut out carbs completely for the first week and then you sort of add them back in but it definitely categorized some food is good some food is bad and you were supposed to eat any of the bad food like okay first of all (laughs) fuck whoever created this and I hope that they heal their relationship with food because ew um and then afterwards like so you experienced like pretty intense transformation as a result of this because it's um like an intense experience like it's extreme so you experience changing results yeah and you're like ooh, results good that's 
mm-hmm. what I did this for, I guess. Like, <laughs> I don't know. So mm-hmm. how I ate must've been the right way. And now oh, anyway, fuck. afterwards I monitored like every piece of sugar, like every gram of sugar, every single carb. Sure. Um, I had this idea, like I kept that like bananas ha- are really high carb and they are, yeah. Yeah. but I have idea that that meant oh I can never eat a whole banana in one sitting so I would cut a banana in half or like third and be like this is all the banana I can have and Mm. so I had this very negative yeah with sugar and carbs and then I like for other reasons I ended up experiencing like frequent yeast infections and BV really yeah and I so I was like doing all of this internet research and it's like sugar, alcohol, carbs, all of these things like are going to like make it recurrent and make, you know, so I was then further demonizing sugar and carbs. And I went on like the most restrictive eating plan. Oh shit. (laughs) No carbs, no sugar, no alcohol, which might have been good for other reasons, but like I yeah, no alcohol, so fine, but like you, your brain yeah. needs glucose. <laughs> yeah, I was like paranoid about every single thing I put in my mouth, everything I drank, like juice. No, that's too high sugar. Piece of fruit, absolutely not. Like I know people who don't eat fruit because <laughs> of sugar, and I'm like, I know. So I, I was sort of like, I believed it was bad for me, right. and so it continued to be bad for me. Right, and I experienced these imbalances for right. over a year. And I remember there was like, maybe like six months ago, actually, it was fairly recent. I, it was like an overnight switch. I just sort of like decided one day I was like, wait, what if I just change how I feel about food (laughs) for you? I was like, what if, what if I just, yeah, reframe. Like, so I, I started using this affirmation every time I would eat or drink something. And I said, uh, everything I choose to consume nourishes and heals me. Oh, kills. Uh, love it. Yeah. I love it. Even now as I'm saying it, I'm like, oh. Oh. so yeah. even if it was alcohol and I was choosing yeah. to drink it, if I'm choosing, you know, whatever it is, if I yeah. was choosing to have it, um, I'd be like, everything I choose to consume nourishes and heals me. Love it. I'd go on enjoying my night, having my, having my, whatever I'm doing. If it was like pure non-nutritional cookie or a piece of cake or whatever I'm like yeah. everything I choose to consume nourishes and heals me I love like it. I'm choosing to consume it and yeah. so I'm choosing it for a reason and the choice in itself is healing, healing. and yeah. I have been healed for like good for you <laughs> it was not oh. immediate honestly it was not immediate it did no. take some time but like a good three months I've been like good, good <laughs> like, oh and now I'm eating, eating sugary stuff and yes. like whatever. And I'm like, yes. I'm good. Like I have a good relationship with food and good. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. I'm sorry that you had to go through that journey, but I feel like so empowering for you too, because now you understand how your body wants to eat and be nourished, but also the power of your mind and how you can heal your mind with food and through intention. So honestly, wild <laughs> and um, not just like I wasn't like I also added in like more vegetables like if I yeah I'm eating them I added them in so it wasn't right. like yeah you know just to say like what percentage of you know yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. it was one thing maybe it was all the things but like right. I 
purposely decided uh, that it would be different and than it was so (laughs) good for you I feel like no but I feel like that's such a beautiful story to share too for anyone who's listening and whether they're raising kids or this is just for themselves and as they reconnect to their body because food I mean food is also such a sensual experience holy crap a foodgasm very real experience yeah and (laughs) and because it was like it was uh impacting my vaginal health and my my sex life it had this like weird, like, <laughs> yeah, like weird loop of like, I really questioned my value to other people when mm. I had to like cancel a date or say, no, I can't, I can't do this because blah or right. right. And I, I really thought like, it was a whole other thing I had to unpack um, yeah. because of that. But luckily I had like really great people who were like, okay, like you can still come over. Like, <laughs> and I was like, huh. Oh, like you actually just want to like see me, you know, hang out with me. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, I have value like outside of this. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the other thing too. Right. And I feel like we didn't maybe talk about this, but I feel like this whole conversation of like female empowerment and sexual empowerment is not to say that our worth is solely like our worth is obviously not solely sexual, but I think that's also something that we have to break through of mm-hmm. like, that's that's not truth and we can embody our sexual and sensual nature without making it the center focus of what we offer and provide people exactly yeah that's huge oh my gosh that is oh god I'm loving this conversation so much okay let me see it's gonna be like a five-hour episode (laughs) literally low-key could be in all honesty um let me see the other questions that we got here Okay. Um, someone asked tips and tricks to open our minds to sensuality. I feel like society just boxes us in. Mm, okay. This is a good one. I have lots to say about this. Go, go for it. <laughs> Number one, uh, sensuality does not equate to sexuality. Yes. Sensuality exactly. ties into your actual physical senses. Yes. Um, and so we are all sensual beings because we all have you know, sensual capacity. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We all have senses. (laughs) Um, Whatever like the individual ability of each of your senses is, you're a fully sensual being. Yes. Um, And so the way you tap into that and tap into your sensuality is taking, you know, touch, for example. Um, I think we touch, I think is like, so I think touch and sight are both like so sort of like integrated into our day-to-day lives that we just sort of like forget about them. them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so we're not thinking like, oh, what does this, um, like clothing material feel like on my skin or like, what does the weight of my coffee cup feel like in my hand? Um, or like what are certain sort of like fabrics that you like a certain textures you like around you um like when was the last time you walked barefoot in the grass oh yes divine uh, yeah divine (laughs) another (laughs) like um really tap into like memories of senses and uh sort of like activating those intentionally so okay. if you have like a really positive childhood memory and maybe you want to like, you know, feel that kind of joy again, like what, what was that, like what was happening in that memory? Like 
Right. Were you on a beach and you could feel the sand and you could hear the waves and you felt like the heat of the sun on your skin? Like mm. what were all of those sensory elements? And you can easily replicate that. And like, I love that, bring that into your life yeah. or just like tune in, really tune in to like visualize. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Um, yeah. So really just like engaging the senses and thinking about like, you can even just take like three minutes at any point in the day and just um, tune into everything you're sensing. Like how many individual sounds do I hear right now? Ooh. Uh, are there any sounds I don't find pleasing? Are there any sounds that I really, really like and want more of or like, and you can do that for every, every sense. Like do I taste anything? Like, do I smell anything? What does the air smell like? <laughs> Me, you're like asking all these questions and I'm like trying to like do it while you're just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, so <laughs> like even smelling things that you wouldn't think to smell, like if you can imagine the smell of, I mean, this is one that I do for myself. So it's coming up strongly, but like the smell of like a wet rock. Oh, it has a really distinct smell. <laughs> I don't, re- I don't remember the last time I smelled yeah. that rock, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do yeah. it. Um, and just sort of like, what, what does that smell like? What does that make you feel? What does that, you know, call to mind? Like, is it earthy? Does it feel grounding? Mm-hmm. You like, do you not like it? And you right. don't want to ever do that again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Just like, yeah, really tune into each sense and like reflect on it. Yeah. I love this. And how would you say, how would you recommend going about this in terms of like society? Cause society is like almost like overstimulating in a sense, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. like, do you feel like this is something that people should be tuning into when they're home and they're, or they're in like a serene place or a quiet place that so they can really get tuned in? Do you recommend doing it out in public? What What's your recommendation with that? Mm-hmm. So I think both. Okay. I think when it's like when you're home and you're in a calm place and it's really quiet that can be a really great time to do it because you have the space to just be, be quiet for yourself yeah. but if you're out in the world and you're feeling overstimulated or overwhelmed yeah um, you can consciously tune in to certain specific things yeah um, and you always have your senses with you it's like your breath right. um and so if you're like in Times Square and it is <laughs> a medium's know. worst nightmare I'm just thinking yeah, I, I'm like oh I really hate it here um you can like zero in on one specific sound or like right. one specific thing um right. and sort of like let the other things kind of muffle you know. back yeah which yeah. happens all the time anyway like we're receiving so much information constantly 80,000 uh, bits per second. Yeah. 80,000. We're, we're not consciously aware of all of those things. We're always like, we're always just tuning things out. And so you can right. consciously do that. Like when you're, you know, and it, when you're overwhelmed, like out in, in the world, like you, that's a, that's a great place to do it because it kind of like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to try that because I work at a co-working cafe a couple of times a week when I have like back end stuff to do. 
And there are times where usually like I'm really fine there, but when it gets really busy, I get so frazzled. So I'm going to try this. I'll like take my headphones out and see what I can pick up on. It's a cafe. So there's going to be things I can smell. There's people that I can hear. Like I'll, I'll let you know my findings because I feel like that's going to be so fun. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Um, okay. How to discover what you want your relationship with sex to be. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. Um, Loaded. Yeah. So I think this, I mean, this kind of has solo elements to it of like yes. you discover your own sexual relationship, like as a solo person. person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that could involve self-pleasure or not like whatever, whatever avenue you want to take that down. Yeah. Um, and if you want your sexual life to involve other people, eventually you do need to include other people. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's yeah. yeah. Um, and whatever that looks like for you, maybe that's like, I want to have 21 night stands and just like discover everything. Like if that is what feels good for you, have at it. Like I recommend knowing your boundaries first. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and like knowing what good communication sounds like from yourself and other people so that you can, you know, weed out people you don't want to communicate with. Um, But I think the challenge here is like, we don't know what we don't know. Right. And in terms of pleasure, we don't know what we really like if we've never had the opportunity to, to explore it. Um, and so I think it can be really good to just be part of a community that is really sex positive and open-minded. Um, this doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you're having orgies <laughs> and going to sex clubs. But you could be. You could be, you don't want to, to, but you could be, but like finding this community, um, and just people you can have conversations with can really like open your mind to things that you're curious about, um, and introduce you to like people who are generally non-judgmental, open-minded, like, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. really generally good people are, are in those communities. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, typically who are not going to like slut shame you or make you feel inexperienced because of any questions you have or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. So definitely I say like, find your people, um, yes. find people to have conversations with. And then, you know, there are a lot of great informational and educational accounts on Instagram. Yes. Um, are there any you recommend? Yes. <laughs> and yeah. I can, I can like prepare a list because <laughs> please I'll put them in the description. Yeah. Yeah. I don't necessarily like know all the names off the top of my head and yeah. there can be a lot, but yeah, I'll make a list. Please. Um, and just sort of like read, read books, like start gathering information and, and just see like, Oh, that kind of piques my interest. Like maybe I want to explore that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, And yeah, Yeah. it's really like an exploratory mission here. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And I feel like on the books topic, like it doesn't even have to be like specifically about sex. Fantasy fiction. Ooh. You want to learn. (laughs) I started Twisted Love the other day and I'm like, I love this book. Not something that I would ever want to experience in my real life, but. To read about it. But to read about it. Yeah. I'm having a great time over here. Um, 
so we read books like that. Music can be really healing. I know the book talk community. Do you know Russ, the rapper? Yes. Yes. Oh my God. His song. Nasty. Yeah. Yep. So many women. I put that on when I'm like, I'm in the mood. <laughs> I run to it. <laughs> it gets my like endorphins That's going. I run to it. <laughs> oh. Um, but basically his song is like basically like good girl kink energy. And so many women were like coming out being like, I didn't think I had any kinks, but then I heard this song and realized I totally have one. I just didn't know. Totally so, kinks. Yep. <laughs> uh, so I feel like explore that as well. And I think also give yourself the freedom to change your relationship with sex. I did that over the years. I was very adventurous is the word I like to use. I don't like the S word because it feels really harsh and negative and derogatory. I had a lot of fun. Okay. And university was a good time for me. And I had to reflect on why Mm -hmm. I was, I don't want to say behaving that way because there's nothing wrong with having 21 nightstands. Not saying that I did that. I'm just saying um, I had a good time and I liked to party and I had fun. But there came a point for me where I had to ask myself, okay, like why was I having so many adventures? And for me, it wasn't actually like an innate organic part of my personality to do that. I was doing it to prove a point to someone who had caused me trauma and that, you know, not the healthiest thing. Um, And so I changed my relationship with sex and now it's very different. I don't do the casual thing anymore. And that was a really healing change for me. Maybe it's the complete opposite for somebody else, or maybe it's the best of both worlds for some people. Give yourself the liberty to change your relationship with it as it feels good for you because there was a point in my life where only casual for where I was at in my awareness of self felt really great. And now I just, I could not imagine, like it just would not work for me, like anatomically, physically would not work for me. So um, yeah, give yourself freedom for that is what I would say too. Yes. Definitely. I've also like gone through like the whole spectrum kinds of experiences and maybe I've changed and I, I don't necessarily do all those things now, but they were really healing for me at the time. Right. And, you know, I learned what I needed to learn and got what I needed to get out of it. And then I changed my mind. I'm like, actually, this is not what I want anymore. And like, that's okay. It doesn't mean it's bad. And it doesn't mean like a different way is better. It's just like, what do I need right now? (laughs) What do I want right now? Yeah. What do you want and how, (laughs) who do I want it with? And like, you know, (laughs) exactly, exactly. (laughs) That's what, that's what we would say for that. And then, oh my God. Yeah. This how to release fear, sorry, how to release fear of the male gaze when like dressing yourself and ignoring catcalling. Girl. With you. you gotta just honestly you have to just start doing you it. have to just dress the way you want to dress yeah um, yeah and like let me be the there. first yeah let me be the first to say the I've started dressing differently the messages are the same on Instagram mm-hmm. the messages are the same it's the fire emoji it's the hard eye emojis it's the oh my god you look great it's the same whether I'm fucking it doesn't matter what I wear and the compliments, compliments are nice. Male gaze, a little different for me. Um, so know that you don't have to open these messages or respond to them. I personally don't. 
And if it's a physical interaction, like you also can pretend that you are not listening. Like I can't count how many times I've walked by someone and they've said something. Like blank stare, like I don't understand what they're saying. Yeah. Yes. Suddenly, suddenly I speak a foreign language only and have no idea what you're saying to me. (laughs) Like, yeah, no, literally. So there's that as well. And I think, I mean, I said it earlier, I got catcalled in literally a baggy crew neck and my baggiest jeans. It's If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And don't let the fear of, I'm going to get a little vile here. (laughs) Don't let the, the fear of inadequate, disrespectful men cause you to limit your self-expression because they exist. Unfortunately, they are not the majority of men. I assure you of that, but they do exist. And maybe take a defense class or two or get some dog spray and fucking haze a bitch. I don't know. Um, Do what you got to do to feel safe, but don't let them impede on your self-expression due to fear. Own your shit. Also, one thing I will say too, is the more confident I've become in myself and the stronger I've gotten in myself, the less I get catcalled because I give off the energy of like, don't even fuck with me. Like, It's like you give off that energy of men know like, oh, she's going to kick me in the balls. And I really would prefer to be able to reproduce one day. Like, I actually get like zero random DMs. Good for you. <laughs> oh my God. Good for you. I, I used to get a lot and, right. you know, not to say like, oh, it's my fault that I got them. But like, whatever I'm doing now is just like, I, I don't know. The men you're are giving not off, like, You're giving off very powerful bold energy so they I think they think twice about their behavior yeah right and I want to also say the male gaze exists whether you're dressing how right. you want or not yeah the male gaze yeah, is really. always there yeah and men people in general are always trying to define who you are or have some idea of you that exists in their head right. positive or negative or whatever it is right you can either let that define how you express yourself in the world yeah or you can decide for yourself and you know like yeah (laughs) yeah and one thing that I have heard before is other people's opinions are none of my business Mm -hmm. people's opinions of me sorry are none of my business because they're not right like everyone has such a different opinion of who we are and none of it defines us Mm-hmm. When it comes to sex, sexuality, sensuality, our humor, our intelligence, like it's our, our potential, our capabilities, like people can have an opinion or a judgment of us. It doesn't make it true. And I think if we can embody that in this situation, then, you know, like Melissa said, the, the male gaze is going to be there, but it doesn't have to define anything about you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's such a tricky, it's such a tricky topic to navigate. Kind but. of like shameless plug here, like self-portraits have yeah in this area. Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, let's talk about that. Yeah. Because also on the question of sensuality, you're doing a six-week workshop to engage the senses. So let's, let's talk I about am. that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> so the six-week workshop will start September 4th, I think. Okay. A month from now. Like, yep. Yeah. I think it's a Tuesday. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, and it will be like every single week will be a different sense and we'll be like exploring that really deeply and then um there's like a visual journal aspect of that Mm -hmm. so you can kind of like embody 
a state embody something um, yeah. that sense that we're exploring and then have the chance to like um you know capture that and then reflect on it I love it <laughs> as well I as love you. it um Ooh. yeah so there's that and then with self-portraits that's you know an ongoing thing that I do um nice. they're with uh, online guided sessions or I have a course that walks you through using self-portraits for self-reflection um and I recommend self-portraits because it's a solo activity so you can embody whatever you want to embody you can dress up however you want to dress and not get dressed at all or not get dressed at all there the male gaze does not exist when you are in solitude yeah (laughs) exactly sure there is maybe internalized male gaze but like sort of learn how to live according to your own gaze of yourself. I love and it. Oh, chills. That becomes your new like standard of, of how you live. What right. I want to see myself. How do I perceive myself today? And you know, what do I want that to be? So yeah. you sort of learn to set your own, um, you know, define your own box that you want to exist in instead of letting other people do it for you. Um, so yeah, our portraits are really great. <laughs> I honestly, yeah, absolutely. Guys go check Melissa out and and look into this. And so with the, with the six week course, what, what are we going to experience in terms of engaging the senses? How is that going to reconnect us to our body and our sensuality? Mm -hmm. So sort of like a little bit of what I, you know, alluded to (laughs) with my, my son's answer, um, sort of like fully tuning in to that individual sense or like an individual, you know, whatever it is that you're choosing to engage with for yeah. that sense. Like, okay. If it's smell, like, what are you smelling? How are you, if you don't have anything to smell, like maybe what are you remembering about that? Um, and I, I sort of liken it to meditation because you're yes. getting really tuned in to one specific thing. Um, and it really, it really grounds you into your body and has you sort of like get really clear on like, how does this make me feel? Do I like it? Do Mm. I want more of it? Do I want this particular thing to stop? And you can take those questions (laughs) into any scenario. Yeah. And so with the senses, you learn to define those things for yourself, like within, within your own body, like literally using your body as the gauge um and that like relates back to boundaries and safety within the self yeah oh I'm obsessed (laughs) obsessed. um yeah so this is like a completely non-sexual thing unless you want to take it sure on your own but like I'm not making it a sexual thing right Um, it's a very sensual thing um it's a very individual experience so I'm I'll be you know guiding people through it and giving prompts and you know having us reflect. Um, but it's really going to be like up to you to decide where you're, where you're taking this experience. Um, and it really starts to rebuild your, like the conversation with your body. Uh, yeah. And like, you need to be having that conversation with your body in order to like have self-trust, know what your boundaries are, you know, Intuition. know like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Intuition. like, I really, I think the body and intuition are so they're the exact well, same, the same the thing. Exact, yeah so, like, so and it's it's sort of like um like working the muscle yeah. of 
your intuition by exercising these senses. And then through your senses, you receive intuitive information. Oh, naturally. Yes. So so it's like, you're not like, oh, this smell means I shouldn't go there. Like maybe it does come up for you, but probably it will just be subconscious and and you'll just sort of feel like I actually don't want to go to that party or right. Whatever it is. You're just, Um, it's just a deeper self-connection and awareness. I love that. And it's the same with the self-portraits too, deeper self-connection and self-awareness, just in different different, different <laughs> modalities. It is what you do and it's beautiful and it's so your purpose. And I feel like you radiate that confidence and that boldness that is so needed in, you know, the female collective because um, it's it's time for us to kind of step into our empowerment and stop taking shit from men and other women and to to create a safe space and you're creating such a beautiful safe space for women to do that in all spectrums um so i really thank you for this conversation i really appreciate it and i appreciate what you're doing because it has really helped me so much honestly (laughs) i'm so happy to hear that like if i just impact one person um I'll, I'll keep doing that. <laughs> you, you are impacting so many more people. I I've sent clients your way and they're, they're really seeing the benefits too, of just like engaging with the content and viewing it. And, um, yeah, I feel like you're just opening up a space of conversation where people can feel connected to themselves, um, to their bodies and to womanhood. And you're just, you're killing it. I'm so excited to see where it goes for you for sure. Thank oh. you. My pleasure Thank you for having me. This has been like a really delicious conversation. Delicious is a great word. I really love that. Yeah. It's such a good one. It has been a delicious conversation and I will have all of your links in the description. So for any of you listening who want to check out Melissa's work, want to follow her and just like get in her orbit so that you can start your healing process and your empowerment process. Um, I 10, 10 recommend it. You guys know I'm so picky with who I follow. So you know, you know who I'm recommending is good. You're like, come on. Um, and yeah, thank you so much. Melissa, I'm sure we'll have you back at some point to talk about, you know, more things. Why not? Um, and, uh, yeah, thank you so much.